Welcome to Christianity A to Z. Uh, thank you for joining us today for another episode of our podcast. We are on the letter E today, and we're going to be thinking about the doctrine of election. Um, if this is your first time listening to our podcast and you're on YouTube, then you can like and subscribe or hit the bell so you get notified whenever we release another one of these. If you would like some more resources from Cornerstone Church, you can go to our website, www.cornerstonechurchkingston.org, and you can follow us on our social media channel. Too. My name is Tom Sweetman. I'm one of the assistant pastors at the church. I'm here with Pete Woodcock, senior pastor, Ben Reed, another one of our assistant pastors, and it's great to be discussing this truth with you today. Uh, in some ways, you know, a, a controversial doctrine perhaps to some people, but um, also full of the most wonderful comfort and hope uh, for believers. Um, so Pete, you, you, do you want to kick us off with a verse? Well, I think we and, need uh, to say, we're yeah. not talking about election in the sense of electing a government or the local mm, government the mayor, or the mayor, mayor or yeah. anything like <laughs> that. Coming up. <laughs> so we're talking about the, the, this um, this amazing teaching, really, uh, uh, that, that God chose us before the foundation of the uh, of the world. And so in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is writing, and uh, he writes in verse 11, in him, and that's Christ, so in Christ, uh, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be to, to the praise of his glory. So there's just loads of stuff there. But what it's saying is that, look, you who are Christians, God chose you. And he chose you before you, you were even born. In fact, he chose you before the world was born. And he chose you in Christ. Mm. So it's very mm -hmm. important. Mm. So uh, I think uh, some people have a sort of, a, sort of a, a weird idea that God was sort of just going, you know, meeny, eeny, meeny, miny, mo sort of thing. Um, uh, I'll have that one. Uh, don't want that one sort of thing. But it's done in love. Uh, it's done out of um, uh, the plan of God. It's planned. And it's in Christ. The whole thing is in Christ. Uh, so the whole cross is worked through there. So this is the loving plan of God. Now, the great thing about this, it means that I'm saved by God alone. Mm. Because if he chose me before the foundation of the earth in Christ because of what Christ did on the cross, then um, I had nothing to do with it, you know, uh, and therefore there's a great security in that. I mm. think that's the big thing about mm. it, but we'll discover that, I think, more and more. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, that ties into what you were saying about being elected in Christ, isn't it? So uh, there was nothing in us that warranted our election. You know, God didn't foresee the sort of good people that we would become and choose us on that basis. Um, he chose us because of Christ and his merits and his perfections, and he chose us to be found in him. And as you were saying there, this is not like an arbitrary eeny, meeny, miny, mo, because we're told that in love he predestined. Mm. Um, so it is a, uh, it is a relational choosing. Uh, God chooses us for relationship. And um, then he goes on to say they're predestined us for adoption. So um, he didn't just choose us in the beginning and without a, without a sense of what would happen to us. He chose us for adoption. You know, there was a, it was always relational. It always had a purpose and a future. And uh, all of this was in, was in the loving mind and the counsel of God. 
Yeah, sorry, I should have uh, actually read verse 4 of um, uh, chapter 1 as well. I, mm. I read verse 11, but you, mm. you just referred to it. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined mm. us mm. for the adoption of sonship through Jesus Christ mm. in according to his pleasure and will. Mm. And so those two verses mm-hmm. obviously go together. Mm-hmm. So, mm. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is a loving act of God. And so when we come... You know, people can be quite vicious about this doctrine and, and then harden it up into quite a sort of nasty fatalism. It is not that. So let's just sort of clear that roadblock. Mm. This is loving, uh, uh, working in order to adopt us in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It is, um, it, it's a, it can be quite, it's a tricky doctrine, I think, for, mm. for a lot of Christians, particularly, um, particularly some, some maybe newer Christians, uh, because they, it's interesting, from, from the front, as you are under a sermon, a preacher is preaching to the whole congregation. Uh, the preacher doesn't say, right, half of you leave because there's no point you listening to this. Half of you stay because um, the, the way that the word is sown, in a sense, is kind of scattered for everyone. And we, and we at the front are saying, you know, repent, respond to this, come, 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 uh, come to the Lord Jesus. Um, and then you hear uh, that, oh, I was elect anyway. Um, and, and we get these wrong ideas, which you've already talked about, which is that it's a cold, indifferent thing rather than a loving, gracious thing. But you can understand what, where where that kind of yeah, I um, think people have got to, you, thing comes uh, from. We've really got to understand sin, I think. Hmm. I mean, I, I have to say, I think sin is su- such a fundamental um, teaching of the Bible. And when you really understand what sin is and who we've done uh, you know what we've done to god uh, then then lots of these uh, teachings you know fall into place if i so the bible describes me as dead in sin mm. uh if i'm dead i can't do anything uh i i can't make myself choose god because i'm dead i'm mm. dead to god mm. so so you you need uh, god to choose me yeah because mm. i can't choose god and I'm so dead, I wouldn't choose God. Mm. And I think when you, when you hear people pray, you hear that they actually do, do believe in this doctrine of election, really. Because I don't think I've ever heard anyone pray, oh, F- Father God, I thank you that I was intelligent enough to understand what you were saying and good enough to respond to the Lord Jesus mm. Christ. And mm. I'm better than my brother that hasn't responded. Uh, you know, uh, thank you that I was so... It, it, that isn't no. our prayer, no. is it? It's, Lord, thank you for saving a wretch like me, a sinner. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. also, if you're praying for someone else, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to go to God and say, Father, you can save them. So would you open their eyes? As opposed to going to God and saying, well, we know, God, there's nothing you can do about this. Um, we've just got to wait until they realize they're a sinful person. Yeah. Whereas we don't pray like that. No. We, we pray for people. We get on our knees and we, we bring them before Open the Lord. Open blind eyes. Yes. Unblock we, we their pray fears. That. Raise the dead. Yeah. yeah. And that's important to know right from the beginning, isn't it? Because, um, again, it's not as if before the foundation of the world, there was a, there was the whole of the world's population before God and they were all morally neutral and he chose some to be saved and some to be damned. But the way the Bible actually teaches it, and there is a sense of mystery in this, is that that actually we had all chosen sin and destruction and um, independence from God and wanted to wage war upon him and his word. And God, um, instead of leaving us all 
to the destination that we had chosen in our sin, he chose to graciously bring back and make alive a people for himself who he would uh, adopt and then uh, bring bring into glory. But uh, as you were saying, Ben, uh, you know, um, the way in which we, you know, we're not privy to all of that information, are we? We don't know exactly who. Mm. I mean, it, it would save us money on our leaflets, wouldn't we? Because we would know <laughs> we don't number yeah. 32, but, yeah. number yeah. 49, number 84, and we, you know, we'd only have to order as many as we'd been told. But Actually, well, but Paul says he suffers everything for the sake of the elect. Yeah. So, so we are to preach the gospel and suffer in preaching the gospel mm. for the sake of the elect. But he doesn't know who the elect are. Mm. So we've got to go and preach the yeah. gospel. And, and he makes a free elect, offer. He makes yeah. a free offer to mm, everyone, yeah. doesn't he? And that, I mean, I know we're sort of swinging onto applications a bit, but that does, I think, give us confidence in our evangelism, doesn't it? Because um, I can't remember exactly where it is, but there's a bit in Acts where Paul is wanting to move on. Mm. I think it's Corinth. And uh, the Lord says to him, no, I want you to stay. Why? For I have many people in this city. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, Philippians, isn't it? Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is. But um, it's, uh, yeah, so that's an encouragement for him that the Lord has his people mm. who are not yet saved, but are waiting to respond to the gospel call. Mm. He doesn't know who they are. His task is just to make a free offer. Yeah. You know, come all yeah. who are weary and uh, those whom God has chosen will be saved. So that's an encouragement to us. If yeah. it was down to us to have to persuade everybody yeah. to come into the kingdom and the final responsibility rested on us and them, uh, you know, I, I don't see how we could keep going. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's actually following the same pattern as Jesus as well, because mm. when he came to this earth, he didn't uh, just go to the towns and villages that would accept him. He went to many places that sort of <laughs> walked him out to the top of a cliff to push him off it. Mm. Um, and also here in, in, in Mark 8, when he's feeding the 4,000, uh, there's a large crowd that sort of gather. And he says, I have compassion for these people. Uh, they've been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. And he wants mm. to feed them all. Um, he doesn't say, well, you know, the, the ones here uh, that are elect, I will pay sort of a special attention to. But there's there is still the the food and the word as he's teaching, because he's not just feeding them, um, is to go out to the whole crowd. Hmm. Um, you know, repent, believe the good news hmm. uh, is given to everyone. Hmm. Um, it's That's not, so it's so right, isn't it? Hmm. And mo- most of our problems with this doctrine come because we we can't be biblical Mm. in our understanding of how those things go together and you know we do acknowledge a bit of a mystery there don't we in that god is sovereign over salvation but our responsibility is real and yet those things aren't a contradiction they're truths that we have to hold in tension aren't they and as you say we see it we see it with jesus you know he said um you know i lay my life down for my sheep Mm. he knows who his sheep are Mm. and he lays his life down for his sheep and yet he says you know come to come and be a sheep yeah, you know, doesn't yeah. It? come to come all. to me, come, the shepherd. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Paul here, I mean, again, there is so much yeah. actually about yeah. election. Funny enough, in mm. the Bible, isn't there? Mm. A lot. Mm. And so here's Paul. He's evangelizing. He's preaching to the Gentiles. And it says in Acts chapter thirteen, verse forty-eight, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed to eternal life believed. Brilliant. So it's just it's just really exciting, yeah. yeah. Because we know that people will be c- converted because God loves to yeah. elect people, yeah. You know, um, and I, and I think that's you know He's not a meanie God, is mm. He? He mm. wants millions mm. 
in in the kingdom of God. And so we can be confident when we do evangelism. Mm. If it was, as, as you say, if it was down to just persuade, oh, although we are to be persuasive, yeah. Paul is persuasive, mm -hmm. but if it's just down to me to persuade someone to become a Christian, then gosh, the 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 the, the um, anxiety and burden upon me it, it, uh, or you or anybody else is just mm. too much to bear. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. So it really affects our, our evangelism and uh, the way we approach that, and we can do it with confidence. And uh, we, we talked a bit at the beginning about how this doctrine is often taught um, to, to comfort believers. Um, can Definitely. one of you say a bit more about in what way does it comfort believers, this? this well, truth? if you were, right, so if, if God chose me because I was good-looking, what happens when I'm not good-looking? Mm. So if God chose me because I did good works, what happens when I fail in those good works or do some bad works? If God chose me because I really believe, I really, you know, I'm, I've got massive faith, what happens when my faith wanes or there's times where I have no faith? If God chose me because I was religious, what happens if I'm not very religious? I fail in my religious duties. If it's down to me, if God chose me because of anything to do with me what happens when i i fail in those things mm. then there is no security there's no there's no real love mm. because it's down to me and what i what i do and what i don't do mm. but if god chose me before the foundation of the earth when i couldn't do anything if god chose me um uh you know, uh, when i'm then eventually a sinner when i am born into this world and i'm a sinner uh, and I'm at my worst, as it were. Mm. Uh, uh, if he chose me when I'm when I have nothing, absolutely nothing to offer, I'm secure. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the great comfort of it, isn't it? Mm. I'm absolutely secure, mm. uh, even if I get old and frail and stupid and uh, forget things and faith wanes and I slip up mm. or I sin in some grand way. Um, it it's not excusing that life. I am to live out a life of being yeah. chosen by yeah. as God's child. But the security is massive, mm. isn't it? Mm. So this is a doctrine that is is designed to help us very practically, both in terms of reaching out with the good news, but also to to comfort us. Because if God has chosen us in the beginning, we're going to make it to the end. Um, but when, you know, perhaps we've all heard this, maybe even done it ourselves, you know, when, when this um, teaching often comes, people... Um, our tendency can be to turn that which is meant for our encouragement and um, forge it into a weapon with which to beat God. You know, it's something that we use to attack him. Mm. Um, now, let, let's just talk then for a moment about what what are, I mean, we may have covered it in our conversations already, but um, what are some of the objections that people have with this and and how would we how would we sort of answer them more than we have? What, what might people, someone say, hold on, yeah. Are you saying that? Yeah. I mean, you you're, you might hear that's unfair. Mm. Why and why has some person been chosen and not someone else? Mm. Is God being unfair there? Mm. Mm. Is one thing. Mm. Um, which which goes back to the uh, we we're talking about sin at the beginning, and we have this sort of idea that we're all on a level playing field. We all could get into heaven, but God has picked His team mm. and left some people on the bench. Uh, as opposed to the understanding um, that none of us deserve to be anywhere near mm. the playing field, mm. to extend that metaphor. Mm. Um, but God has lovingly 
gone out and got us and brought us home. Sorry, I've just not, I've answered the question. No, that's good. That's what we wanted. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was the plan. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's one, one of the objections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Sign off. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's great that we ask our own question and then answer. That's, yeah, it's, it's really quite with convenient. great authority. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> confidence. Yeah. Um, no, that is right. And and again, we do acknowledge something of a mystery there because you know we 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 probably have all got members of our family who don't know the Lord, and you know when we think about it and ask well why you know why why do i why has jesus chosen to show me the riches of the gospel and not him or not her the answer is we don't really know because it, from 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 one perspective they can often seem like nicer more moral people than us and so if you were just looking at it from a flat perspective you would mm. think well you'd rather have him and 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 we don't know is the answer but it we do know that it's all of free grace and as you say god wants people to be saved. I mean, this is the amazing thing, isn't it? Because although God delights in all that he does, including judgment and salvation, the way his heart is often revealed in the Bible as one who is just longing for mm. people to be saved, as if that would be the best thing, yeah. if everybody was saved, if you can put it in those terms. And yeah. we have verses in the Old Testament where God says, you know, do I desire the death of the wicked person? No, mm. but rather that they turn and live. You know, that mm. that is what he wants, not people to die in their wickedness and their sin, mm. but to make the most of the opportunities that God has given them and to turn and to live. That, that's what he wants, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, other objections people might have. You think, well, remember um, that this is a sort of. Um, I think one of the ones that, uh, is, is that people. Uh, it, it's, it's there's no choice. It's yeah. not my choice. Uh, God just busts in. Yeah. Does he? Does he just kick the door in and come into my life? I love Spurgeon on that. Spurgeon gives a great uh, thing. He says when you if you see a casket like with that's had treasure in it and the lock has been bashed off and the and the, and the, and the top has been smashed to pieces. Uh, you know, you know one thing: there's a robber, mm. a violent robber, has just smashed it in. But when you see that the um, uh, that the lock has been unlocked, and the the, um, the the lid has been safely, you know, lifted to reveal the treasure, you know that there's the master there with the mm. key. And so, you know, it isn't God just bashing in against who we are, against our reason, mm. uh, or, or even against our ignorance, actually, in one sense. It, it's not ever put like that. It's the master key. It's the one who opens our hearts. So Lydia, in, in Acts chapter 16, it, it talks about God opening yeah. her heart. Yeah. And he does that uh, uh, um, not by ignoring our even our desires, he woos us. He's the master with the key, mm. and he woos us. And it's relational again. It's relational, it? yeah. and it enlightens us so that we see who Christ is. We see we need a savior. We see um, that we are sinful, and it's what we desire. We mm. want mm. to be saved by mm. Christ. Mm. That's the workings of mm. election and the workings mm. of the Spirit on a heart, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just bashing in. No. No. Uh, kicking the door in and saying you'll be mine the language we use is uh, f uh freed from slavery you know the chains you know exactly. my chains yeah. fell off is what is exactly. my eyes were opened the scales fall away that's the language we talk about God yeah. saving us mm. so in a sense he he well there's a story isn't there uh, where jesus tells about the stronger man tying the, the strong man yeah. up so it so there's a rescue going on but um, to, to bring us back to our rightful mind yeah. mm. and our rightful place. Mm. Yeah. I think as well about the, the, um, the younger son in the, in the parable of the, um, what's it called? 
my mind's gone blank. Mm. Prodigal son. The prodigal son. Yeah. yeah. The younger son. He comes to his. He comes to his senses. Mm. Is is how it, um, when he realizes his sin and and he was better off with the father. Yeah. So instead of us being taken to a, a sort of a, a bad place against our will, mm. yes. God is he's wooing, and, wooing and saving. It's like and when you saw Kerry. <laughs> yeah. <I> yeah. Swooned. <laughs> and you you swooned and thought, well, she's the girl for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. It. Um. And so that that's all good, isn't it? Because that shows us that God doesn't just elect ends, he also elects means, doesn't he? He doesn't just elect yes. um, the final destination, yeah. but in his sovereignty, even the way in which we will come to Christ, you know, the person who would tell us the gospel. Um, and we're, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, as you say. Yeah. So he, he doesn't just elect us in a mechanical way, but by revealing and persuading and illuminating our eyes so that we see the mm. preciousness of Through, of through the preaching and, of Christ, yeah. Um, yeah, and... Um, and, and you know the, you know the the responsibility is is laid squarely at our feet, isn't it? That's the other thing. So although you know all that we've just said is true, the reality is that on on judgment day, you know if people haven't believed in Christ, um, they won't be able to say, "Oh God, well that's your you know mm. that's your fault. You didn't choose me." You know that is just not how it's taught. Our no, choices no. are real and significant, and they yeah. matter in yeah. eternity's eyes. So. Um, we will be held accountable for what we do with the gospel, a hundred percent taught, whilst also knowing that in His sovereignty, God, mm. God has elected those He. he this loved, is you know. one of those doctrines where um, you have to have a Bible worldview, and a Bible understanding, because if you if you go too far one side, uh, you you don't have a faithful understanding of who God is. You think He's a cold meanie, and if you go too far the other way, you have an understanding that God has nothing to do with our salvation. But this is one of those times where to have a really faithful um uh, sort of idea of of God, who god is and what he's like we have to hold both of those things in, in absolute tension yeah. and you 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 see god's heart all the way through scripture from the first page to the last he he's constantly wooing and chasing as we've already said lots mm. of times i remember when we were going through revelation and and there's a, a slow in the, the original corona chronicles there's a slow ramp up of judgments on the earth to get people's attention and god is is holding back his judgment, his full judgment, to give people the opportunity to to mm. come into the fold. So mm. there's um there, there's 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 people's um uh yeah it's that it's the blame is is at our own door in a sense. Mm. Um and God is sovereign, and both of these things um are, are absolutely true. Mm. Yes, yeah, I mean yeah. Spur Spurgeon again mm. is great on this. He says your damnation is your own election, not God's. Mm -hmm. mm. And and so don't blame God for that. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. yeah. And and there's something there. There is something so humbling in all of this, isn't mm, there? Yeah, um, and that's that's good. Uh, it it yeah. kind of follows, doesn't it? That if we believe in God, yeah, and and we think God is all knowing, all loving, all powerful, then this must be true. Yeah, mustn't it? It must be true. And and because that would flow from the sort of God. But I think sometimes, sorry, I think so sometimes humbling, when you, know? you, I know when I first was grappling with this as a young Christian, mm. I found it incredibly depressing mm. uh, uh, um, because I wasn't sort of seeing the, the, the good news in mm. it. And um, that you're predestined. Why, and the why reason, did you find what, it? What the yeah. reason is, because it just shows you it's nothing yeah. to do with you. Yeah. It's a pin in, uh, and Paul uses this in Corinthians, it's, it's, a, it's a pin in the balloon. Mm. If you start getting puffed up and think that you're something and you start thinking that, uh, I'm saved, I'm better than my brother or family members that haven't yeah. trusted Christ, 
then this pushes a pin in and says it's absolutely mm. nothing mm. to do with you mm. on that on that level. Mm. And 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 therefore it's quite humbling. It's one of the reasons why we don't like it. But then when you when it's classic God, isn't it? You know, those he humbles, those he strikes down, are the ones that he rises it raises mm. up. Mm. And uh, once you've been humbled by it, there is such good news in it. Yeah, yeah. And that that can be used. Uh, it's just while you were saying that it can be used evangelistically. So I remember being at a university event. I can't remember if it was a mission. I don't know if you were there as well, Pete, but. Um, uh, the, a speaker had given a talk and then afterwards a student who w- was an atheist or c- a cynic had, had gone up and was was kind of um you know um barraging him with questions in quite quite a hostile way and not really being willing to listen and after i can't remember how long it was that the speaker just said well you know from what from one angle i'm not surprised you don't get this because god god probably hasn't chosen you and um it was just, you know, the sudden mm. what, you know, um, the the affront in our culture of yeah. I'm not sovereign and right. I can't decide what I do and uh, that I might not know something about this universe was so shocking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you might not use that in every situation, no. but there are times when something like that is appropriate just to, as you say, put a pin in the balloon, take the wind out of the sails a bit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's um, that's another way of using it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, any other just closing thoughts coming to coming to the end? Anything um, else? Well, I, I, I think um, you asked, you know, what 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 comfort it is, and mm. and I guess there's a verse we really should turn to, which is in uh, Romans eight, mm. that that uses not the word election but predestination, and these two things they're the same doctrine, but um, predestination sort of takes us a bit further it says there's a destiny you're called not you're not just elected and then that's it mm. but there is a the there's the plan of god it's sort of that's going to take you right through and these verses are, are just spectacular we know that this is uh, romans 8 28 we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose for those god foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. We we are predestined. See, you know, we as Christians, we're just so fed up with ourselves sometimes because we sin and fall. And you think, am I going to be ever like Jesus? Yeah, you will be. You will be conformed to the image of his son, uh, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So you're going to be a brother and sister. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Mm. And now glorified is a, is a future thing, but mm. it's spoken as if it's already happened mm. because that's God's choosing of us. Mm. He will work through us, mm. even through our failures, even through our, our you know, uh, slip-ups and falls, fall, fallings. We, we, whenever we fall, we fall in Graceland. Mm. Whenever we fall, we fall as the predestined children of God. Mm. And so we're going there. Mm. That's, that's the comfort, isn't it? Mm. Brilliant. Well, that seems like a really good place to finish. And uh, thank you for joining us today. As I said at the start, you can follow us on social media. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can go on our church website for more resources to help you to grow as a Christian or to investigate the Christian faith. And next week, we're going to be thinking about the letter F and we're going to be talking about faith, which is something that we mention uh, a lot. But what does it actually mean? 